wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, welcome to Big Q&A. Uh, this is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. Uh, this is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. Now, I'm also your host every Tuesday and uh, Wednesday on Drive Time. Uh, thank you so much for joining with you, uh, with us. It's really wonderful uh, to uh, be able to share with you uh, each uh, each day. Uh, this week, uh, we're looking at the subject, Christianity in History. How positive was its contribution? Uh, yesterday, we asked, are all believers Christian? And today, we look at the positive contribution Christianity has made throughout history. Tomorrow, Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to ask, did Christianity really support slavery? Now, we're in for an interesting week. This is a really important subject. This is one that constantly gets thrown at uh, at Christian people. And tomorrow we want to deal with this issue of uh, slavery throughout history. Was this something that Christianity actually sponsored? And if it did, why did it? And was it a mistake? Today, our co-host for our for the second week is uh, Lindy Sparing. Now, uh, Lindy is the prayer ministries uh, leader, a women's ministries leader, and and resource centre manager for the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Now, welcome to you, Lindy. Hello, how are you? It's really good to have you uh, uh, to have you with us uh, with us uh, this week, Lindy. Now, tell us something. How are you? Uh, how are you adjusting to daylight robbery? <laughs> daylight robbery. Yes. Well, daylight saving. I must confess, I really love it because I work often in the office. I love the fact that we have more daylight towards the end of the day, and so as soon as I get home, my husband and I go for a lovely walk through the bushland around our home in Gulfview Heights. And to me, it's fantastic. It just takes me a few days, Pastor Gary, to adjust to the different times in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've got to admit, I'm one of those people that love mornings. I don't know why it is, but I'm quite happy to get out of bed at, at four and five o'clock in the morning. But I go to bed, you know, reasonably early, but by the time uh, daylight, uh, I call it daylight robbery comes along, I do my walking in the morning and by, by seven o'clock in the morning, I've done seven and a half kilometers. I'm back in my house. I've, you know, had some time to ha- have a devotional time and, uh, you know, it's the rest of the family is isn't up at that particular time and I find it such a refreshing time of the day and I've got to admit this time of the day I'm really envying my mates uh, up there in Queensland. I, I know I've lived for a number of years. I had the, the privilege of uh, living out in, in Rome or in western uh, Western Queensland and I lived in Brisbane there and up in Townsville. I, I think I've been all over uh, the place but uh, uh, I, I really do envy my uh, you know my mates up uh, up there. Um, now, look, Lindy, um, one of the things I'm really conscious of, um, you're the um, prayer ministries leader uh, for the uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, here in South Oz. Now, that means you have a great deal to do with, with prayer. Uh, and I'd love to get some of your, you know, some of your, some feedback on a few issues that I know sort of come to me uh, with, with monotonous regularity. Uh, you know, if you go to the internet, there's a massive amount of advice for people who are actually 
struggling with prayer. In fact, I had opportunity today. I'd actually just re- do a refresh on this one. You know, it ranged from a young man who was wondering why God doesn't answer when he prays before a maths test that he hasn't studied for. Uh, you know, I mean, that's uh, uh, when I read that, I thought, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, um, I didn't realize that was a particular issue. But, hey, um, to pastors that actually admit they struggle to pray. Uh, and then, of course, we've got a multitude of people who are struggling with really serious health concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this so many questions that actually deal with this issue of prayer. Now, firstly, in your experience, do pastors ever struggle with their prayer life? From my experience, yes. And I think it's because they're very, very busy people and they have a lot of things that intrude on their life at different times of the day. So they can't necessarily have a very structured time. You know, they might say, yes, well, I'm going to get up early and pray every morning. But they could also get calls during the middle of the night to have to go out because somebody's sick or dying or there's some other difficult situation that's arisen. So I think for pastors, they do struggle with their prayer life. And they've spoken to me sometimes about that because of the different calls on their time. But I also think sometimes perhaps things become a bit mundane and we can forget that the source of power is our prayer life. Just open that out, uh, up a little bit more. What do you mean by a little bit mundane? Well, I think sometimes we get so caught up in the the expectations of being a chaplain or a minister, we're, we're expected to preach, we're expected to write articles, we're expected to do visits in the home, we're expected to attend multiple meetings. I can't believe how many meetings that the pastors have to attend. And so perhaps that puts so much pressure on them, it makes them tired, stretched out, that the prayer life can sometimes be pushed to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I appreciate what you're actually saying there. Uh, Look, how does someone actually establish a prayer habit? Because I'm really conscious that, you know, throughout all of our lives we have times when, uh, you know, uh, some things become a priority and then they back off for a a, a little while. But how can I actually establish a prayer habit? It's a very good question, and I think a lot of people wonder about that as well. And I suppose it goes back to what is prayer really? It's not just a conversation that we have with someone else. It's actually an interaction. It's a supernatural relationship with a holy God, with a powerful God, with an all-knowing God. And I think as we come to understand what prayer really is, we don't want to do without it. And so I used to feel a lot of pressure growing up that I should get up early every morning and make sure I pray. But I came to understand that It didn't matter what time of the day I spoke to the Lord. It was just important to make some time. It's actually got a lot to do with your own personal body clock, hasn't it? Absolutely. And you just said before, you're a morning person. Yeah, yeah. Well, my husband is not a morning person. Exactly, exactly. I, I am, but he's not. And so his prayers time can happen during the middle of the night. He'll wake up and he'll be praying. Mm, 
Mm-hmm. When he has his breakfast, he'll spend time in prayer and study. I think so this is really important, actually, Lindy, because I know that you know there was for a while there. I used to I used to hear you know preachers saying uh, a great deal about the importance of you know early you know Christ got up a great deal a, a, a long way before sun up and spent time in prayer, and that's you know what we ought to be doing. But of course, for somebody like me, I mean, I, I'm actually quite happy to do that. Uh, but you know, the time that you don't ask me to pray is ten o'clock at night, uh, because if I was to be praying at 10 o'clock at night, I'm actually asleep. Okay, okay. And But whereas other people, they come alive at night, you know, their energy levels ex- are experiencing a, an increase throughout the day yeah. or they're stimulated by eating their meal at night or whatever it is. Some people come alive at night and they really want to be praying then. So how did, you, how did you establish your own personal prayer habit? I mean, what, what was the, the process that you, that you, was there a process or did it happen naturally? Well, look, it might surprise you, Pastor Gary, but I actually said to God, you need to wake me up in the mornings. And I don't just mean the alarm clock wake me up. Yeah. I mean, I need to be awake and alert in the mornings so that I can have a really good prayer time with you, Lord. Mm. And I asked him to give me that, and he has. Okay. In fact, I'm really interested that you actually say that because you're not the only person I've actually heard say exactly the same thing, that if, in fact, you ask the Lord and say, Lord, please wake me up, he will actually do it. You know, And, and to me, this is something that, uh, well, I certainly have experienced the same thing myself, you know, and it, it, it's quite a remarkable um, event when it, when it does actually occur, when, when you say, hey, Lord, I want to get this thing into place. Uh, I know when I, was, uh, when I was a student at college, I know I, I really wanted at that time to have a devotional time, but I had a roommate. And at that time, it was really hard because uh, I found that it was, it was really difficult when uh, he was up studying late at night and uh, when uh, he was uh, still in bed in the morning to have a devotional time was incredibly challenging. Uh, but what I found was that he actually had uh, put up his timetable, so I knew when and he was actually going to be in class, so I actually programmed uh, one of the uh, one of the times when I knew that he had listed down to actually be in class. That that was going to be my devotional time because I knew to actually have the room to myself. And uh, to me, that was a that was a beautiful experience because uh, sometimes coming aside and resting a while does actually mean being alone. And uh, uh, to me, I. I found that was something that at that time really worked for me in a uh, in a wonderful way. But look, Lindy, something else too. Um, I'm really interested in your involvement in a thing called 40 Days of Prayer. Now, uh, this is a a program that you became involved involved in. What is it, and what is actually involved? Okay, well, Pastor Dennis Smith is the I suppose he's the manager, if you like, or the director of Spirit Baptism Ministries. And he's written, I think, nine now or maybe going up to 11 different books, 40-day books. And like one of them is Prayers and Devotions to Revive Your Experience with God. And the book is a challenge to you to get together with one other person, whether you do it over the phone or you do it face-to-face, and you go through all the readings And as you go through the readings, you are drawn closer to God and you also spend time praying for other people. You choose five people. And all these books, there's another one which I love. We did these back in Nunawadding and we had, I think, close to 80 people involved and they were all blessed by this 40-day journey into prayer. And the book three is God's Health Principles for His Last Day People. Book four is Prayers and Devotions on Earth's Final Events. And all the books 
have different topics, if you like, or different um, different emphasis emphasis on on areas that you can grow in your prayer life, and you can grow even in your prayer life with somebody else. It's really good to pray with other people. Some yeah. people are shy and scared to do that. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Lindy. I actually um, remember pastoring uh, one of our, our churches here in Adelaide, and uh, we certainly did this with our elders. We actually had forty days of uh, of prayer, and basically uh, we divided up into into pairs, and uh, uh, just each day we would make contact with with each other. And the thing I really appreciated about it was that it actually held you accountable. Yes, because it's really easy. Uh, to actually say, oh yeah, look, I'm too busy today uh, to be able to uh, to be able to pray, and we actually uh, suggested various themes that we wanted our church to to pray for, and you know, our church yes. at that time was facing some some difficulties, and we wanted to pray our way through those particular issues. And you know, the thing I'm really surprised at is the well, I'm not surprised because I've seen it many times was the impact that that actually had. Uh, uh, on the lives of both our church elders uh, and also on the life of the entire church, because there was yes. there was only eight or eight or ten of us as as church elders who were involved in the, the prayer time, but it changed the dynamic at the church. Absolutely, and I've seen that many times, Pastor Gary. Back at our church in Nunawading, after we did these two books, there was a there was a coming together of the people that hadn't been before. There were yeah. more people willing to attend the prayer meetings during the week. There were more people willing to gather together to pray. Uh, yeah, and look, that that to me is actually the whole power source of the of the Christian church, isn't it? You know, Amen. to me, you look at many things that you know the churches can go through uh, challenges. They can go through. They can face issues. Uh, they are uh, they are they struggle with you know day to day running events. Uh, I well remember being on one particular occasion in a it was a the equivalent of a church church board meeting and. Uh, uh, the person I wasn't actually running it on that particular occasion, and uh, the person who was running it uh, actually uh, uh, said to us, "Look, guys, I, I just want us to, to pray for and with for and with everybody in this room, but I want you to do it individually." Now, when I looked around, we had about twenty-five people in the in the room. And uh, I sort of did a mental calculation, and I'm thinking, goodness me, I mean, uh, that's, uh, you know, it did. It, we, we prayed with each other for probably an hour and a quarter. How lovely. You know, we were actually gathered together to deal with a, sig- a very significant issue. Uh, but the wonderful thing was that at the end of that prayer time, the issue itself had actually evaporated. It's amazing, uh, isn't it? And the meeting could actually be uh, 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 done away with because we didn't need to meet and discuss the issue any longer. I've seen the same thing on one occasion myself, Pastor Gary, and it just reminds me that whatever we're doing for the Lord, the more time we spend in prayer, the more his will will come about, the more our hearts will be changed the more we'll have the grace and compassion of Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folks, look, can I, can I just really please let me encourage you. If perchance uh, you're, uh, you know, you're struggling with your prayer life, uh, can I just challenge you to uh, try to set aside some time? But, you know, the other thing that actually empowers many prayer lives is when there is actually a prayer partner. Uh, and to actually have that 
prayer partner, the person you can actually pray with. Uh, please uh, let me encourage you to try to find that particular uh, individual. If you can have a, a prayer group at your church, please become involved uh, in prayer ministry. Prayer, prayer ministry is in fact the hidden power mm-hmm. of the Christian church. Amen. I, I, I love the ministry that uh, you've got there. I think that uh, your ministry, Lindy, is uh, the most beautiful ministry. That uh, you could possibly possibly face. Uh, look, guys, let's uh, let's come to some uh, some music. Uh, I uh, I love this is uh, the Petersons and uh, the uh, the song is I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know about tomorrow. I just. It's sky may 
New Life Adventist Church and Community Centre is running a free, you heard that right, free car wash at 240 Peachy Road, Smithfield Plains, this Sunday, 10th of October at 11am. Come down and get your car clean for free, and while you wait, enjoy a complimentary free hot drink from our cafe. And that is Pastor Matt Hunter. He was uh, on radio here with us yesterday. That's just reminding you uh, about a wonderful offer. This Sunday, that's if you're in Adelaide, the northern suburbs of Adelaide, you can come to his church and uh, they will wash your car and vacuum it out for free uh, while they give you a lovely uh, hot drink and uh, have a have a chat uh, chat to you. So uh, uh, please, uh, that uh, is really worth uh, worth picking up on. Uh, now, look, uh, we also have a free a free offer uh, for you from our selection of, of books. We have some fantastic uh, books here, and uh, you'll really really appreciate them. Look, today's uh, book is entitled uh, "Conversations with Jesus." Now, um, uh, this one is written by Jerry Tom, uh, Thomas. Uh, what do you wish uh, you could say? What do you long to hear? What would it be like to have a conversation with Jesus? Uh, what would you say to him? More importantly, what would he say to you? Freshly inspired from the life-altering insights he gleaned from his best-selling Messiah project, Jerry Thomas returns to the story of Jesus and allows us to listen in on real conversations with the Son of God. Real conversations that he had with ordinary people, people who struggled with the same issues that we struggle with today. The conversations prove that God is listening and that he cares, and that we matter. Now, look, guys, this is a fantastic uh, little devotional book. Uh, it's a book that you'll really come to appreciate. Uh, it's entitled Conversations with uh, with Jesus. Now, look, if you would like your a copy of Conversations with uh, with Jesus, all you need to do is to text us on our studio text number here. That's o four triple eight. 80811. That number again is o four triple eight. 80811 and all you need to put there is the code for today that's SA19 SA for South Australia 19 now no gap uh, between those uh, letters just SA one nine and uh, uh, our robot uh, will will contact you. He's a friendly robot, and uh, he'll get the details off you that uh, we need to send this book to you in the fastest possible way. You'll love this uh, particular book. It's called Conversations with Jesus, and that number again is o four triple eight. 80811. And look, also, if you've got any requests for uh, for prayer. Uh, or if you've got any comments that you'd like to make, feel free also to make contact with us on that, uh, on that text, uh, text number. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Uh, today our co-host is uh, Lindy Sparing, and Lindy's the prayer ministries leader, the women's ministries leader, and the Resource Centre Manager for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, Lindy is an incredibly busy lady. This week, uh, we're looking at the subject, Christianity in History. How positive was its contribution? Yesterday, we asked the questions, are all believers Christian? That laid an essential foundation for everything that we're talking about today, tomorrow and Friday. Uh, before we look, 
had the positive contribution Christianity has made throughout history. Um, we need to uh, to consider one other issue, and we're actually going to consider this other issue tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to ask a really big question. Did Christianity really support slavery? Now, this is a key one because this is something that uh, uh, Christians have been accused of for many years. How would you respond to that particular uh, question. Does the Bible uh, support uh, slavery? Tomorrow, that's going to be the issue that uh, uh, Pastor uh, Hugh Heenan and Pastor Fabiano are going to be digging into. And yet, for today, it's a claim that we've actually heard with monotonous regularity. Uh, Christianity, so they say, has been responsible for horrendous crimes. Others say that people in the church are no different to me. Yesterday, we saw how even Christ was prepared to allow what he called the wheat and the tares to grow together until this time of what was called the harvest. Significantly, however, so many that make these claims forget that the good ways that Christianity has really impacted society now, Lindy, what's the, what are those things that most stand out to you? Because it's so easy to major on the negative and we overlook the positive things that Christ and Christianity has done for society. What most stands out to you? Well, go right back to the beginning of Australia. It's called the Great Southland. It was settled by Christian explorers and Christian leaders who wanted to set up a country here. And did they get some things wrong? Well, yes, we know that they did. Yeah. But if we consider the sorts of things that Christ inspired, and if you look at his Beatitudes, the blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. He's talking about spiritual things, but he's also talking about practical things. And it's through Christianity that we've seen schools arise and and, um, education become so prominent across the world. Many, many universities were started by Christians across the world. Yeah. We can see that our laws, you know, you and I don't want people to steal our things. Our laws are based on Christian principles and the commandments. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. All of those laws that protect the rights of people, the first four commandments are talking about our relationship with God. The second six commandments talk about our relationship to our fellow man. And so our laws are based on Christian principles. Our hospitals, you know, healing, health, all of those things that we just perhaps take for granted were started by Christians who believed the words of Jesus to to bless and look after humanity. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's one of the really important things because, you know, Christ certainly at the, uh, uh, I think in the Great Commission as it's recorded, I think in Mark's Gospel, he talks about going and heal the sick. You know, it's part of the, the Great Commission. You know, Christians have actually been commissioned by Christ to do something that certainly in the era of the Roman Empire, which of course was what Christ was, was living under, uh, there was no, if, if you got sick, you had to go and beg out on the streets. That's right. And yet what we have here is we have Jesus giving a command that's actually been picked up by the Christian churches uh, down through centuries in doing good for those that 
have uh, they have come in contact with. Absolutely. He he also raised the status of women by how he treated women. And he also inspired the, the thousands of volunteers that Australia has to reach out and help the poor and needy. Pastor Gary, I just wanted to share something from a thought from a book called now, How Now Shall We Live by Charles Colson and Nancy Pearcees. They wrote this book and it really resonated with me about that God doesn't only care about redeeming souls, but also about redeeming his creation. He calls us to be agents not only of his saving grace, but also of common grace. And it's his common grace I just wanted to mention, because common grace is um, for everybody else. It's not only our job to build up the church where Christians are and to influence others to become like Christ, but also to build a society to the glory of God. And I believe in some ways that's been achieved through the fact that our laws are based on the commandments. But as agents of God's common grace, they say, we are called to help sustain and renew his creation. And we know as Christians we want to care for our creation, to uphold the created institutions of family and society. Mm-hmm. They're so important for the balance of society. We look back and we can see that when families break down, the whole of society breaks down. To pursue science and scholarship to create works of art and beauty, and to heal and help those suffering from the fall. And I really like that comment because it just shows to me that Christianity is for the whole of society, whether they choose to worship Christ or not. We are called to be agents of common grace as well as saving grace. You know, one of the most interesting things that I I pick up in the, the scriptures is Christ, I love Christ's Sermon on the Mount because he says so much incredibly powerful mm. uh, things. And one of the things he actually says in the Sermon on the Mount is, you are the salt of the earth. Now, of course, what he's doing here is he's talking to uh, what were the, the first disciples. You are the light of the world. Now, uh, to me, you could look at that and say, hey, uh, that actually sounds incredibly arrogant. You know, for Christ to, to actually say that you, you know, you discipled there, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. I sort of look at that and I'm saying, hey, you know, certainly in the world in which we're living today, that would be ridiculous. Regarded as incredibly arrogant, and yet, as I look at it, I say, hey, how much truth there is in that when Christianity is actually practiced as it was presented by Jesus Christ. And of course, this is the problem we actually came up with yesterday, because what we have is an era where much Christianity is not practiced as it was actually presented in the scriptures and as it was actually presented by Jesus Christ. That's right. So to me, as I, as I look at this, I'm sort of saying, hey, you know, Christ has given an incredible commission to uh, to his people. But Lindy, look, back to, back to you again. I'm cutting, uh, I'm cutting, no, you, I'm cutting you off. I like what you said. And I, I remember in Psalms 145, it says, The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all he has made. Yeah. So whether people are a Christian or not, God has this mercy and this love for them anyway over all that he has created. And we as Christians have this great commission, if you like, but a great privilege, this great work to do in in sharing God's love through all that we do. Do you think, Lindy, that um, the majority of Christians uh, understand the exalted claim that Christ has on them. 
as I look back throughout history and even in today, I, I think that, you know, when people make comments, well, Christians are no different from me. That's so sad, Pastor Gary. Yeah. We yeah. should be different because Christ is our Lord and Savior, because he is living in us. It's not us trying to be better people or doing something better. It's the Holy Spirit living in us and working through our lives. I I didn't used to understand this, Pastor Gary, but I understand it more now. And I have the the joy and the peace that I've never experienced in in walking with Jesus. And when I wander away a bit, like we all do, and I start to think about too many things going on in the world, it gets overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I have to sort of scurry back to the Lord, spend more time in prayer. He'll wake me up at night and I go into my prayer room and I can be on my knees weeping before him, Lord, I'm praying for this situation. I'm praying for that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing the way God does actually uh, respond and answer those prayers. You know, I I look at, uh, you know, I mean, when I consider the way uh, the uh, certainly Christ has intended for uh, for Christians to actually change uh, the world, you know, I, I think of passages like uh, Galatians, you know, uh, chapter chapter five, and of course. Um, uh, Galatians talks about uh, the thing called the the fruit of the spirit. Yes. Um, now I love uh, this. Uh, um, uh, I love this particular passage because to me it is actually says and challenges me so deeply. Uh, you know, it, it talks about firstly these things called the work of the of the flesh, and you know it talks about you know which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, adultery, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. Do you know, I, I, I've been in ministry a long time now and I've encountered many people, yes, in the church who have actually had this, uh, this fleshy type outlook. Yes. And every time there's been pain and hurt and suffering, there's been people who've been struggling, uh, you know, there has been hurt brought to families and to children every time the works of the, but when the Holy Spirit Actually comes present in the life of a, of an individual. You get this fruit of the, the spirit, you know. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, you know, the fruit, the natural outgrowth of the spirit. And I sort of turn around, I, I, I've seen people who have, you know, accepted Jesus Christ, who have come to Jesus Christ, who, who believe in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit's shining out uh, from them and they know what it is to have love. Joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know, you look at this and you say, hey, who wouldn't want this? I know. It's amazing, but it involves something that we'll probably talk about a bit later. But as we consider all of these things and the way that Christianity has affected our society on our values, on our morals, because we know that having a family unit that is healthy and well and aren't falling apart affects the whole of society. It affects yeah. everything and everywhere. And In so, other words, what, what you're saying there is that Christianity has, has actually given society, I suggest biblical Christianity, and I call it biblical Christianity yes, because there's yes. a long way, uh, there's a lot of people gone a long way uh, away from biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity has actually given some foundations for our society, that if we actually pick them up, uh, what you find is that it gives uh, security, it gives strength to those who've adopted those particular values. Absolutely. And if we don't have this foundation, and we're seeing this today, Pastor Gary, and that so many people are anxious and burdened 
because they perhaps have lost their foundation. But if we stand firm on the word of God, we'll have a strong foundation and we can have hope and we'll be feeling like the Lord is is working in our lives to bring about what he needs to, not just in our lives, but in the lives of society. Yeah. Walking yeah. with the Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit who inspires people to go out. You know, we've got so many volunteers through many different organizations. Let's think about the Salvation Army and what they've done for society yeah. in starting in England all those years ago. And so has Christianity been responsible for some terrible things? I wouldn't call it Real Christianity. You wouldn't call it, well, I wouldn't call it biblical Christianity at all. Taking God's name in vain. Many people have taken his name in vain and done things that he did not inspire, that he did not incite, that he did not want to happen. In other words, this is what we come back to, what we were talking about yesterday. You know, Christ talked about the wheat and the tares Mm -hmm. going to grow together in the church until the coming, when the angels will actually be the one, according to Christ's interpretation of the, the parable, uh, to make the, the call and the division between the, between the two. Yes. That, that to me is a in, solemn event. A, a incredibly solemn event. And, and one that I, I'm really conscious is, you know, to me is uh, coming on this world at a very a great pace at this point. Do you know these foundations? I, I, I'm conscious, Lindy, are actually so important because, uh, I just, just recently I had the, uh, privilege of, uh, of preaching and I, I actually shared with the congregation. In fact, I'm, I'm preaching the, uh, this, uh, this same, these same thoughts this weekend up at, up at Murray Bridge. Really looking forward to seeing it. And hello to our, our good mates at, uh, in Murray Bridge. And, um, uh, I, I was talking about the, uh, uh, back in, back in June, um, a very significant building in, uh, in America, in Florida actually fell down. Do you, do you remember that in, yes. in the news? I actually did a little bit of research on, on that and I discovered the reason that's actually been put together. Why does a building in the middle of the night just fall down without being blown up? Well, it's because there were actually problems with the foundations. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that the, the problems with the foundations had been known about uh, for more than uh, five or six years. Yes. And uh, as a result, water had actually come in. There had been undermining taking place. They knew there was a problem. The residents uh, had been fighting over who was going to pay the $10 million price tag to actually uh, repair uh, the mistakes that were down in the basement of the building. Mm -hmm. Then in the middle of the night, the building actually falls down. Why so? Because foundations had actually been undermined. And, you know, to me, as I look at the Word of God, as I look at the Scriptures, I turn around and say, hey, look here, our foundations are actually presented to us that when I look at them, I just simply say, hey, these are solid. There's something here. Here I can actually build on. You know, when I compare that, which is so much that's in my society right now, I must turn around and say, hey, look, you know, uh, really, um, what what can actually beat uh, what we've actually got in the in the Word of God, but look, uh, Lindy, let's come to some some music if we uh, if we can. Uh, this is uh, Gavin Chatillier, and uh, his uh, his song is uh, Rainbow Promise. Love uh, the words of uh, of this particular song. Please enjoy Gavin Chatillier, uh, Rainbow Promise.
I watch the raindrops on my window And saw the blue skies break through the dark clouds Beheld the colors of the rainbow And I know your hand is there And I know that you are here Even when dark clouds come my way You've done more than paint a rainbow You proved your love like no one ever could There've been times when I have failed you This never had to be I let the dark clouds blot out my rainbow And let my blue skies turn to gray And I know that you are here Even when dark clouds come my way Adventist Church and Community Centre is running a free, you heard that right, free car wash at 240 Peachy Road, Smithfield Plains, this Sunday, 10th of October at 11am.
Come down and get your car clean for free. And while you wait, enjoy a complimentary free hot drink from our cafe. And that's uh, my my good friend, Pastor Matt Hunter, uh, works here in the uh, in ministry in the northern suburbs of Adelaide. He's got a lovely little church that's occurring there. It's a it's a brand new church plant. Uh, look, Matt's got a a wonderful, a friendly, outgoing personality. If you'd like to uh, just go and uh, really have a a wonderful Sunday morning, why not just drop down there, have your car washed, uh, have a have a hot drink, say hello to to Matt, tell him you that you you heard about the uh, car wash uh, here on uh, on Faith. Uh, Faith FM. It's totally free. Uh, you'll uh, you'll love that um, uh, that car wash. Now, guys, look. Remember, we do have a free book that we're giving away uh, today. Uh, the book is uh, Conversations with Jesus. Now, Conversations with Jesus was written by uh, Jerry Thomas. Now, Jerry was the the guy who uh, uh, who actually uh, wrote uh, or rewrote the Messiah. What's called the Messiah Project and. Uh, uh, this is the rewriting of a very beautiful book, The Desire of Ages, and uh, many people have really appreciated that book. And uh, he's really come to fall in love with Jesus as a resulting as a result of him uh, rewriting uh, that book in common, uh, more common English. And uh, the question he asked was, "What would it be like to have a conversation with Jesus?" And uh, he really presents material in a wonderfully uh, simple, simple manner, but. Uh, in a what manner that uh, will enable you uh, to fall in love with with Jesus Christ. Now, look, if you'd like uh, the book Conversations with with Jesus, uh, please uh, just text us here at uh, on our studio text uh, line. It's oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven. That number again is oh four triple eight. 80811 and uh, we will be contacted by uh, just put there uh, SA19 SA19 no gap in there at all and uh, our good friend the robot uh, he will uh, he'll contact you he'll just ask you for a, a few details so that we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible uh, possible way and now you're listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary uh, today our co-host is Lindy Spencer and Lindy's the prayer ministries leader, the women's ministries leader, and the resource centre manager for the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Lindy is one incredibly busy lady. I almost feel um, bad about inviting her uh, to uh, into our studio today so that she has to do more work. Uh, and of course, uh, today we've been talking about uh, this claim that uh, uh, that Christianity has ne- made a negative contribution to to society. And today we're just simply saying. What positive has Christianity made to society? Uh, Lindy, really appreciate everything that you've actually shared so far. What else have you got for us? Well, I think we can't not talk about the fact that there's many, many scientists were Christians like Newton, Pasteur, Kepler, Pascal, Fleming, Edwards. These were Christian men that brought science into the forefront so that we can understand more about so many things in life. Yeah. I think we have to recognize that also higher education, and I talked before about the universities, have been started mostly by Christians right across the world, even Oxford and Cambridge, some of the big universities in in England and America's got many universities. In fact, a 100 of the first 110 universities in America were founded for the express purpose of propagating the Christian religion. 
That's so a, it's incredible, isn't that's it? That's amazing, you know. I mean, because, and it all comes about because of this command that Christ actually gave to his apostles. You know, I think of, you know, the Great Commission, you know, uh, go into all the world, preach and teach and baptize. You know, if you're going to teach people, I mean, what that means is that, hey, there's a lot more to teaching than just simply standing and speaking. You've actually got a a literate society. It's far better to teach a literate society than an illiterate society. Absolutely. And look at the many organizations trying to help with literacy in some of the poorer countries. And yeah. even our own Seventh Adventist University, Avondale College, they're teaching a lot about Christ as well as the practical things of how to be a teacher, how to be a pastor. And when they were originally set up, they were also taught how to plant gardens and how to survive, you know, on the food that you grow. So, these universities have changed life across the world for people. We also need to consider people like Mother Teresa. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember when she passed away and I reflected on the great work that she's done in society and is recognized across the world. In fact, I think Mother Teresa actually passed away. I think it was almost the day before or the day after, or even the same day as Princess Diana, because I remember the two actually uh, in bits of information coming almost simultaneously. But uh, to me, I, I've read just a little bit about her, uh, her history and her life. And to do what she actually did is something that uh, to me I, I stand in awe at because uh, you know she's a you know she comes from a different um, perspective to what to what I do and yet she has picked up one of the core elements of Christianity and she changed the streets of the lowest of the low in India I think it was in Calcutta absolutely it's incredible the work that she did and again I mentioned the Salvation Army and many other church organizations that were are willing to get on the ground in different countries and bless the community, to help the community. And, and early Christians stood in opposition to infanticide, degradation of women, uh, the combat, slavery, etc., which you're going to talk about tomorrow. And, you know, so, one, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't actually realise, that they did actually raise the status of women because, uh, you know, in the Roman Empire, women were actually almost at slave-like levels. Yes. And it was actually a, a, a raising of the status. And, okay, it may not be to the same level as what we are speaking of today, you know, where men and women are, you know, exactly, um, exactly the same, um, but what we have is a, a transition that occurred because of Christian principles. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's impacted right across the world in so many different countries where we've had monasteries in the past serving as hospitals or places of refuge. And all of these institutions that have been set up uh, are what Australia really stands yeah, on. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that really impresses me, I've pastored a lot of churches in my time, but, you know, we can look back in history, and I'm sure that you can relate to this as well. Every church I've ever gone into has had people in it that have been just there just to serve others. Yes. And I can just take my hat off to these people because, you know, there's a, there's a soup kitchen going out on Christmas Eve. They're there with it. You know, I can well remember them actually a group inviting me and saying, look, please, would you come out with us, you know, to the soup kitchen? So we went out and, you know, to me, as I, as I look at this, you have got uh, individuals who are prepared to serve their community. And uh, to me, what a, an amazing example that is to our to many of our young people. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And I can think of so many people that you've mentioned um, in our churches that are willing to put themselves aside and just to go out and do what they can to, to bless humanity. And these people actually don't get the credit, I suggest, that they do actually deserve because, uh, you know, these are the unsung heroes of uh, of Australia today. They simply go and do the job. They impact the lives of others. They change their lives. Uh, and they're not there to be saluted and acclaimed. Uh, to me, I, and look, if you're part of that, that group who are part of the, the volunteers who are doing such a, every single church has got people and I believe the Lord calls those, uh, those people, uh, as much as he calls any pastor or evangelist or the speaker up the front. But look, Lindy, we do have to come to, uh, come to bring this all together. Look, we, we, we've noticed here that there's an incredible need. The church has made inc- amazing mistakes. Christ said, leave the wheat and the tares, leave them grow together until the harvest. But look, is there some sort of secret to functioning closer to the Christ-like ideal? Well, just to finish up, I suppose we have to consider that the Christian system, if you like, or the Christian beliefs across the world have impacted society like nothing else. The Christian beliefs want to bring reform to people. They want to bring better lives to people. There's really no other belief system that has touched society like Christianity has. And I think that we can be thankful for what Christ has done in people's lives. As I consider the disciples... Some of them were, well, Matthew was a tax collector, you know, Peter was a fisherman. They, they had all these roles that they were involved in in caring for their families. And Christ called them out of what they were doing to follow him. Mm-hmm. So they had to, in a sense, leave everything that was familiar to them, if you like. They had to put aside self to a large degree, although it took a special event later where that mm. really happened. Mm. And they had to surrender everything to Christ. Yeah. Now, Pastor Gary, I grew up in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I tried to be a good Christian. I've said this on the Faith FM before, but it wasn't till I started to realize my absolute need of Christ in every area of my life. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't until I started to surrender different parts of my life to him. And I love that scripture in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with not part of your heart, but all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. You see, we want to lean on what we know and understand. And Christ is saying, lean on me. Let the word of God be your foundation. Love it. Surrender every part of your life to him. And with the Holy Spirit living in you, those fruits that you talked about, they're not manufactured behaviors that we can do. They are the the consequence of inviting the Holy Spirit to live in Marvelous. our lives. Yes, that's so true, so true. You know, Lindy, uh, one passage of scripture that I really love, and you know, it, this is a real favourite of mine, and that's a Philippians chapter two. And uh, simply, Paul says this: "Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God." 
didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant and came in the likeness of men. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. You know, Amen. to me, there's actually a, a scriptural injunction where Paul is challenging believers not just to be Christians in name only and become a tear in the field, but rather to have the mind of Jesus Christ. And when we have the mind of Jesus Christ, there is a change that actually takes place and uh, what you become is wheat and if you like I I suggest at that point you become biblical Christians you become a good representative for Christ rather than a representative that has actually done so much harm uh, to the Christian to the Christian faith true but Lindy let's just pray together thank you father in heaven Lord I just come to you right now Lord I want to say thank you for all that you've actually done for us uh, Lord, thank you for calling us uh, yes. to a special call to be, to have the mind of Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray for all of our listeners. Lord, if there's anybody struggling right now, I just pray that you'd be with that person. Lord, I pray that you might touch them. Lord, I pray if they need healing, that you might heal them. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, if they uh, if they are fi- facing financial issues, that you might uh, resolve that, that matter. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray that you might be present with them to act in their lives. Uh, Lord, may uh, we indeed uh, be able to represent you as Jesus Christ to our community. Lord, these things we ask, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Lindy Sparing on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan will look at the very vexed question of slavery. Did Christianity encourage slavery? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember... Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 